Thank you, Ian. Come up and share the last one of the series, Legacy. <laughs> no check from the front row, please. All right. Yes, I want to add my thanks to everyone who just put in such a great Sunday last Sunday. It's a real joy to be part of a church that does things well. And I know that takes so many hours with so many people. And just even again this Sunday when, you know, people have been in here early to put the chairs out. And there's a lot of people that just make Excite happen. And uh, so thank you. Thank you for the special efforts that were made last Sunday. It was just great. Now, I was uh, driving through uh, Cayo um, yesterday, and we're talking about legacy, and, I, and, I, and I, on the side of the road, just parked by the side of the road, there was a, a beautiful, new, shiny boat attached to a beautiful, brand new, shiny, black ute. Yeah, wow. It's a beautiful thing, Paul. And on the side of it was the name of the boat was called Legacy. And I thought out of that, out of the, 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 the truck jumped two or three kids and mum and dad got out and I thought, man, what a great holiday these people are having. Somebody left them a legacy. Somebody had passed on, I guess, and left some money to the family and they thought, what a good idea. And they were having, going to have a Christmas holiday like they've never had before because of a legacy. Something, a legacy is something we inherit. i never forget the time I was uh, sitting at a cafe in Picton, just on the foreshore there, and around the corner came this bright red BMW convertible with white leather upholstery in the sun. And in it was a lady in her 70s or 80s, I would guess, 70s or 80s, about in the 70s, sitting up straight, driving the beautiful quaffed hair and a lovely big hat. And she's driving this slowly along the foreshore, her bright red BMW convertible. And I said to the people, look at the number plate. And as you looked at the number plate, this was what was written on the number plate. Was his. <laughs> a legacy. <laughs> Something that has passed on. I want to talk to you this morning about three, three things about legacy. One, I want to talk to you uh, about the legacy that Jesus has left to us. We've had three messages already on this and we've heard a lot of good teaching on that and and you can get the, the download on that from, from the website. And I want to talk to you about the legacy that the early Christians uh, and the early Maori people here uh, have left us who live in this uh, far north area. And then I want to talk to you, the thirdly, I want to talk to you about your legacy. Your legacy, what you have received and what you are going to pass on. So that's where we're heading this morning. Up on the screen there is a scripture, 1 Peter 1, chapter, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, 4, and 5. These scripture, amazing scriptures. Let's all read them together. So here we go. 1, 2. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, 
He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. When Jesus died, he left an inheritance. He wanted there to be many sons just like him. When the Father looked at Jesus, he said to the Holy Spirit, look at that son of mine. Look at that son of ours. There's nobody like him. And then they thought, wouldn't it be great if the earth was filled with sons and daughters just like Jesus? And when Jesus died on the cross, that became a reality. That became a possibility. And there was an inheritance of the new birth that's kept in heaven. You know, and it's kept, it can't be spoiled, can't fade away. And that inheritance that Jesus has left of salvation and of blessing and of life is kept there for you. But you can avail it now. Your inheritance is kept for you. But it is available to you by faith, even this side of heaven. Hallelujah. Because there's a first installments of what the Spirit of God does is available to us now. Hallelujah. And so let's take the next verse, Romans 8 and verse 5, 15 to 17, and we're reading together. Here we go. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. We're sons of God, we are heirs. If you're a son of God, if you've opened your life and given your life to Jesus, then you have been adopted into his family and you receive the inheritance of the Father. Hallelujah. We were singing earlier about, Father, you're a great father. And we are your children, yes? We were singing about that. And so here we find that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We have this legacy. We have this inheritance that God has brought to us. Uh, and we share in his sufferings. We've heard of stories of a family that have gone through many things. And all of you have got your story. We've all got our stories of going through things. And we go through those things and we lay hold by faith of the things that God has for us and we begin to see the glory of God shining in our lives. Galatians 4 uh, and verse 4, 5, 6 and 7. Here we go, we're reading together. Let's uh, read this well. Here we go. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. And so the scriptures are very clear that if we are born again of the spirit of God, we are part of his family and there is an inheritance that not only comes into its fullness when we get into heaven, but we, that we can appropriate now this side of heaven by faith, bringing heaven to earth. 
Our Father who art in heaven, you know, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. And those of faith are able to pray and believe and see those things come about. 196 years ago, in two days' time, the gospel came to New Zealand. Samuel Marsden preached the gospel there down at, at, at that, where that memorial is now. The interesting thing is, he sung. He started off his message on that Christmas day in, uh, what was it, Eight, 1814, and sung Psalm 100. Imagine him standing up and singing, I won't try this for you. We don't want to empty the place just yet. This is what he sung. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. The gospel was being heard for the first time in this nation. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. This is an amazing statement, isn't it? Given the, 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 the environment where he was speaking. And we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues, what? Through all generations. And right there, the first message, the first announcement talked about generations generations, that the blessing would go to generations uh, in there. And he preached from Luke, old Samuel Marsden preached from Luke 2 and verse 10, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And the light of the gospel burst into this nation of Aotearoa, with the announcement on Christmas Day that Jesus was the Son of the living God and He was the Savior of the world. And it was a moment, hallelujah. The message went on. From there, the gospel was introduced to New Zealand. Right there, salvation began in the far north, in the Bay of Islands. From right out on the east coast there, the gospel traveled to, up the Kirikiri River into Kirikiri, Paihia, Russell, Waimati. Over the coming years, many responded to the gospel. Marsden writes in a letter, Chief Pomari, who embraced Christianity early on, built a church that will contain three times the number of persons that St. Paul's in London can contain. He, he built this structure, it was 700, he writes, 760 feet long. That's 230 meters long. I apprehend nothing like this has occurred since the Apostles' Day. There were thousands of people that responded to the gospel in those early days, and the gospel spread right from this cradle of the birth of, of the gospel and the birth of the nation from here. Many became Christians at that time. And he writes, in 1890, he wrote this in a letter. I hoped, he said, that they would have a real Pentecost and the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh above measure so that the missionaries may ask, can any man forbid water that these shall not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit 
just as we have. That prayer rings again today. There is coming the answer to that prayer of moves of the Holy Spirit that have come to us down through the generations of men and women, Maori and Pākehā, who have trusted God and walked with God. That day is coming. Hallelujah. The move of the Holy Spirit again, I believe, will burst in this area of the far north. It's been prophesied again and again. There is a legacy from these early missionaries and from the early chiefs who embraced the gospel. Many prophecies have been given concerning such an outpouring of God's Spirit here in the far north. This place was where the gospel entered the nation of New Zealand, and I believe God is getting ready to fulfill His word and a great move of His Holy Spirit so that hundreds again will give their lives to Jesus and fulfill the prayers of these early chiefs and missionaries. Hallelujah. There is a legacy that they have left in this nation. And we are sitting here again, right in this place at this time. And I want to encourage you to believe for the legacy and to believe for the fulfillment of those prayers that were uttered many years back, many generations ago. The Spirit of God is still alive. Then I want to talk to you about your personal legacy. Every one of us has received a legacy from our parents and grandparents and even generations back. And every one of us will pass on a legacy to our children and through them to our grandchildren or even if we don't have children, to the people in our uh, circle of influence. And I believe we need to identify the legacy that we have been given. What have I inherited from my ancestors? Some things are passed on by our genes and through our DNA. And there is not a whole lot of things you can do about those sorts of things. You may have noticed I inherited baldness. It, I'm very sad. That's not funny. If you look at our family photos, we all look similar, strangely enough. Good looking, I agree, but I know you were thinking that. But uh, we all look the same. And my kids look the same already. Guess what? Their kids are terrified. And I've got it from both sides of my family. I had no show. Here it is. And so we need to rejoice in the things that we cannot change. I have noticed that I am always first in the crowd to know when it is raining. These things make us unique, don't they? The best men always come out on top. You see... However, there are some things that we have received in our legacy that we do not have to pass on. And we need to decide just what things we do not want to continue in our family line. Yes? And we need to decide what things we do want to pass on to our children. Because we have a choice. We are those who have been born again by the Spirit of God. And our Heavenly Father has adopted us 
old things have passed away, and behold, everything has become new. Therefore, there is a possibility of cutting off the old and walking into the new. It's the privilege of being a son and daughter of the living God that we can start again. We don't have to receive everything that just comes to us. What have I, what have you inherited from your great-grandparents, from your grandparents, from your own parents? Over the years I realized that not everything that was passed on to me and my family was necessarily all that good. I remember my grandfather was a very Victorian strict grandfather. Very legalistic. He had a very legalistic understanding of the Bible. You can't do this. You can't do that. We were not allowed to go swimming on Sunday. The girls had to wear dresses on Sunday. You weren't allowed to buy anything on Sunday. You weren't allowed to do different things. And all sorts of rules and regulations that he insisted that we should keep. We weren't allowed, we weren't allowed to play on the playgrounds on Sunday. But you see, I needed to discover what was the truth of the matter. I needed to embrace the truth of the Bible and reject man-made rules and church-made rules and walk into the grace of God. Hallelujah. And understand what is the real truth. What does the Bible actually say about things? Not just what is passed down to us. As good as some of those things might be. One of the things I inherited from my father was hay fever. He was, had chronic hay fever. And I discovered that as I grew up, I had hay fever as well. And my brother had hay fever as well. And so every summer, I sneezed and wheezed. Runny noses, thing. A few years back, I was sitting with the uh, leaders of the church that I was in. And I was running this meeting, but I was sneezing so badly, my eyes were running, I was, it was just hope. I was, sneeze, blow my nose, wipe my eyes, sneeze. On it went, on and on and on. And I'd been thinking, this is Dad's problem. This is not my problem. <laughs> this is Dad's problem. And I've been thinking about this for about, for about 10 or so days, and then I'm sitting in this meeting, trying to run it, and I'm just sneezing. I just can't. I just, oh, man, my eyes are closing up, and I'm just sneezing, and we're taking everything. I'm still going. And I said to this, guys, I'm sick of this hay fever. Do you know what one of them said? We can see that. <laughs> we can see that. I said, listen, this is my father's problem. I believe this is something I've just inherited from him and I just don't need to have this anymore. In fact, I'm going to renounce it. I'm not going to have it anymore. I'm not going to receive this is his problem and not mine. Yeah. Wow. Hallelujah. And I'm going to renounce and I want you guys to set, pray for me and set me free and break this thing off me because I'm rid of it from this moment. Yeah. So I renounce it. Renounce means... I said, I'm not going to have hay fever anymore. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The Bible says old things have passed away. I'm not having it. 
I renounce it. It is a curse. I'm not having it from this day on. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to cut this thing off from my family. Yes? And the guy said, and they prayed for me and set me free. Do you know, within about three minutes, everything had stopped. I wasn't sneezing or wheezing, anything. Do you know what? I've hardly ever had a touch of hay fever from that day to this. It was something that was carrying on through the generations, which I was just putting up with and just saying, oh, well, that's what we do in our family. Yeah? But it didn't need to be like that. You see? And I learned a great thing. You see, I'm born again. I have another father as well as my earthly father. God is my father. We've been singing about it this morning. Perfect father. Hallelujah. I love dad. I love my dad. He's in heaven now. He doesn't have hay fever anymore. But I'm not having to receive his problems. See? I was not renouncing my father. I've always honored my father. In fact, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 5.16, it says, honor your father and your mother as the Lord our God has commanded you so that you may live long. It's one of the promises that has, that's the bit that worries my daughter, that I'm going to live long. <laughs> and that it may go well with you in the land. You see, honor your father, your mother, here it is, and, and you will live long in the land, then it may go well with you in the land your Lord your God has given you. Honoring our mums and dads is vital to the blessing of God in our lives, no matter what. No matter what they did, no matter what they are, we need to honor them for giving us the gift of life. We need to honor our parents and our grandparents, but we do not have to inherit all their problems. We need to cut off what we do not want to pass on to our children. Thursday, I was reading my word for today. This is what it says. Experts report that children of alcoholic parents are more likely to become alcoholic and a high percentage of child abusers were themselves abused children. Sometimes you can actually see the pattern coming at you from both sides of the family. But there's good news. God heals dysfunctional families. Amen. And the healing can begin with you. Just because your parents were emotionally frozen doesn't mean your children have to grow up without affection. God can teach you how to break that stronghold in your family so you can give your kids what you yourself never received. Hallelujah. Gideon tore down the altar his idol-worshipping father built. And by God's grace, you can do the same in your family. Pray over your children. Declare that the past will not invade the present that God's blessings will flow through you to them. Go ahead, do it, and see what happens. Boy, that's good stuff, isn't it? You see, this is legacy. This is legacy. Then we need to identify the things we want to pass on. What sort of influence do you want to have in your life? Then we need to identify the good things that have come to us from our ancestors and begin to accumulate what we value 
and excel in such things and then we endure, so ensure that we pass these things on to our children. I've inherited a good sense of humour from my, from my dad. When dad would come into a room in a few minutes, everyone would be laughing. I seem to have that same gift. People just look at me and they laugh. <laughs> and I've noticed that two of my children have got that same zany sense of humour. They've inherited that. I think it's a good thing. I've inherited a godly heritage of Christian leadership from my great-grandfather and my grandfather and my mother and my own father, now in me and also in my, one of my sons, Glenn, who's pastor of a, of, of, of a good church. My dad was a great prayer. I could hear him. I remember, I can still remember, I can hear him praying with the door closed in the front room as little kids. And I want to inherit that sort of blessing and pray for my kids and my family and those in my circle of influence. Mum was a wonderful organiser and I can see I've inherited those sorts of things myself. Mum was a great cook and a great baker. I failed to inherit these things. <laughs> I inherited eating them. Is that good, Paul? You've got the same thing? Yeah, you've got the same thing. It's, it's a great blessing. It's a great blessing. It's a legacy, man. It's a legacy. What do you believe in? And what do you want to pass on to your children and the grandchildren that are coming? Leave them a legacy, not just a financial inheritance. I told my daughter this morning, I said, it's all right. She said, legacy. She said, I'm looking forward to the inheritance. I said, it's all right. Because I used to tell them, the thing that you're inheriting from me is my mortgage. What a beautiful thing that was. Now I haven't got one, so I can't pass it on. <laughs> I'm not living to my maximum, that's the thing. <laughs> but there it is. If you don't have, not just a financial inheritance, but a spiritual inheritance that lasts, not just for time, but goes on to eternity. If you don't have your own children, have spiritual children. Get involved with children's ministry, youth ministry. Foundations, discipling, mentoring, a few others. Begin to, begin to accumulate the things you want to pass on. Pursue those things. Excel at those things. Pass them on to your children. You see, you don't know who's sitting at your table. That little kid that gives you trouble, God's hand may well be upon him to achieve great things. Hallelujah. In the day, you don't know who's sitting there. We need to pass on the good things to them. Some of us are first-generation Christians in this house. You've come to the Lord this year and you're starting a whole new generation. What a privilege. Accumulate what you want to pass. Cut off what you don't want to carry. Cut it off in Jesus' name. Start a new generation. Renounce any evil in the inheritance received from past generations. Break free and rejoice in the good things and embrace them and accumulate them. When God gave the promised land to the nation of Israel, in Old Testament times, it was a gift to them. It was their inheritance. However, they did need to go in and possess it. God said to Joshua, I'll give you every place where your foot will tread. Yes, I'll give it to you. But he had to go in and take it. And sometimes that is true of our lives. Although God has promised us the legacy and the good things, there's times when you've got to go and get it. You've got to go and put your foot on it. You've got to say no to the devil and yes to Jesus. 
hallelujah, and possess what God has given to you. You do. It, uh, you know, some things just come easy and naturally. Others, there's a struggle before you get the blessing. Here is my recommendation to you this morning. Identify the legacy that you have received. Decide on those things that you do not want to pass on. Discuss this with someone. Discuss it with your husband. Take time. Sit down sometime when all the busyness of Christmas say, what? And think about it. What, did I, what have I inherited that I value, that I want to hold on to, that I want to embrace? What is it that I don't want? See? Get with someone and agree with you. Friend, husband and wife. Renounce the things that you don't want. Cut them off. Get them to set you free. You may be able to do those sorts of things straight away, and we're glad to pray with you even this morning. But take time over other things and talk about it. And agree together if you're married, husband and wife, over your kids. Identify the values that you want to pass on and decide on some deliberate action as you come into 2019. Don't just keep living with the same old, same old, same old. Come on. We're coming to a new year. It's time to do some great things, to break free, hallelujah, and move into the new with a purpose and with a destiny. Say, Lord, hallelujah, I'm embracing the good. I'm going to cut off the old, hallelujah. Jesus, help me. And we will be here Sunday after Sunday as you are going to come and help can say, will you agree with me about it? Come and talk with us. There's people here that can help you with these sorts of things. Jesus has left you and I an incredible legacy. Receive him. It's a legacy of salvation. It's a legacy of forgiveness. It's a legacy of healing. It's a legacy of wholeness. It's a legacy of walking straight with him. It's there to receive. This morning, why don't you walk in to the inheritance that God has for you? Why don't you just decide this morning to receive Jesus? It's Christmas time. He came. Behold, I bring you tidings of great joy. For today is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Come back to Jesus. If you've been walking with him and you've turned away and you've just wandered through this past year without any awakened sense of destiny or of purpose, it's time to come home. time to turn and give your life to Jesus unreservedly. Become one of his children. Whether you're old or young, receive him. There's probably two sorts of people here this morning. One, some who have never received Jesus as their Savior. You've never acknowledged him personally. I'd love to pray with you this morning about that. And two, there's maybe some who have used to walk with him and 
you don't anymore. But as 2018 draws to a close and 2019 is about to break over the horizon, why don't you walk with Jesus again and trust him and position yourself to receive every legacy and every inheritance that God has prepared for you. Let's pray, shall we? Father, thank you. You must love us so much. Thank you for sending Jesus. And Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for being willing to be born, which we celebrate at this Christmas time. Then, because you wanted the way to heaven to be opened, you died in our place and took our sins in your body on the cross and conquered death and, and sin and then Holy Spirit you came upon him again and caused him to rise from the dead and he lives today and is praying for the people that he created Lord it would be tragic to have an inheritance left to us that we never picked up. We'd be tragic if you did all of this for men, men and women. And they, one, they never knew about it, or two, if they did, they never bothered to receive Jesus and to receive his forgiveness in his life. Lord, I pray there be those here this morning who know not you I pray Holy Spirit that you'll open their hearts so they can easily receive you and through you receive the legacy that you have given while we're just in this attitude of prayer would you let me pray with you Jesus said if two of you shall agree touching anything it shall be done and I would count it a real joy to pray with you you say Ian I want to receive, I'm ready. I need to give my life to Jesus and I've decided now is the time. If you're like that this morning, would you, while others are praying, would you just lift your face to me and say yes this morning and pray with me. I'm going, I want to give my life to the Lord. I'm ready to give my life to the Lord. If you're like that, would you just look up at me so I can see you and just raise your hand. And uh, if it's you, Give your, open your life to Him. Is there anyone like that? Just lift your hand. Yes, God bless you. Do you open your heart to Him this morning? There is a legacy awaiting that you've only dreamed about. Old things can pass away. And everything can become brand new. So this morning as you open your life to Him, He will come to you and make you a new person and give you the strength and the ability and the power to walk with him all the days of your life. Hallelujah. God bless you.